0: Chapter 25 of Living with Our Children by Clara D. Pearson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The mind is its own place. Somebody has said that people can be divided into three great classes. Those who think well, those who think badly, and those who do not think at all. Presumably we think. Presumably also we think well. And the main question for us to consider is whether having experienced the clean and enduring happiness of being able to think things out logically and dispassionately and of intellectual diversion in a life of outward monotony we are doing our best to pass on this great boon the life of many american young people outside the home does not afford much chance or inspiration for thoughtfulness on their part although heaven knows that it shows great need of it if it is not supplemented in the home our children are apt eventually to swell the ranks of those who do not think at all if indeed they do not fall in step with those who think badly perhaps there may come a wholesome reaction from the established american tendency to overstimulate and to dwell unduly on the material pleasures if so who are to bring in the dawning of that new day who but the parents of to-day training the children of to-day who in turn will be the parents of to-morrow and if this thought with its widespread significance does not appeal to us perhaps the welfare and happiness of our own little lads and lasses will do so it is such a wonderful and blessed thing to have a mind which of itself doth make this world a heaven or hell that it is well worth while training its ability to make a heaven instead of a hell it is said by a male essayist of course that women lack pauses for fructifying thought and a woman who has lacked pauses for anything can hardly take issue with the essayist she simply admits it At the same time, honesty compels her to admit, quite confidently, of course, that many of us needlessly form the habit of ceaseless occupation and have no pauses for thought, because we take no thought as to the pauses. A vicious cycle has been formed, from which we do not break away, and we are in danger of losing our sense of life's real values. It is serious enough when our own lives are impoverished thus. It is infinitely more serious when, through our own blindness, indifference, or recklessness, we allow our children to grow up in ignorance of the mind's supremacy. This does not necessarily mean the early and steadfast setting apart of money for a child's college education, however desirable a thing that may be. For some children, a college education may be only a disastrous interruption of the successful onward sweep of the life to which they were foreordained by special fitness, or it may keep single too long those who would be happier and better in modest homes of their own. It may be merely a failure, precluding for a time at least what might have been a success. No, it does not do to relegate this endeavor to the future, to be carried out by others or not at all. The present is ours. The future may not be, and of the two the present is the more valuable, for it is the more plastic period of a child's life. Let us help him to original thought, as well as to pleasure in the thought of others. Let us not give all our quiet hour in the early candlelight to reading aloud, but take part of it for thinking about interesting and beautiful things. Suppose we pretend that we are going on a journey to Aunt Mary's house, and that it is summer. We have enjoyed all the spring flowers in our garden and have watched the birds building their nests in our trees and now the weather has grown so hot that we are going up to spend the summer with her in the country next may come the imaginary preparations for the journey suggested by first one and then another the packing of the toys the saying good-bye to friends the closing of the house and the drive to the station, the excitement of boarding the train and settling in our places. Then we pretend that we are looking out the windows on opposite sides of the train, and we tell what we see. Now we are almost there. Everybody look after his own luggage and remember everything for which he is responsible. There is Aunt Mary herself down to meet us we arrive at the farm and by this time we are really quite excited for there are other people to greet and there are all the horses and cows that we saw last year and a dog with a wagging tail and a sleepy cat curled up on the railing of the porch somebody thinks that there may be new kittens in the hayloft and we climb the steep stairs to see Perhaps the youngest child is supposed to be ahead of the rest, and he calls out, I see free little kitten all around the sleep. Another child says, I see a white one, another, I see a yellow one, and a fourth, I see a black one. And so it goes, with father or mother offering a suggestion now and then to make the picture more complete. Isn't it fun? try it and see imaginations improve by practice and each such trip is likely to be better than the preceding one and all the time the weather outside may be a howling blizzard and the furnace may be sulking so that the travellers are obliged to sit close to the register for warmth truly the mind is its own place it is never expedient to point the moral to a child yet it is very easy when little people are accustomed to such diversions as this to help them prove to their own satisfaction that it is pleasant to ignore the blizzards of life the ills which we cannot remedy and to think of those things which are pure and lovely and of good report it is easy as they grow older to lead them to feel a responsibility for their thoughts of course there are many hard and sad things which we have to think about at times many difficult problems which we have to solve but when it is not our duty to be thinking about them and there is nothing which we can be doing to improve them why then it is much wiser and happier for us to turn our thoughts away to something sweet and cheerful there are different ways of driving this truth home bad temper despondency jealousy all these evil thoughts are like imps that should be driven into a dungeon and the door quickly shut and barred on them as soon as this is done we must ask good and lovely spirits to dwell with us in the place of those whom we have cast out does this strike you as pagan in its tendency do you think it would be wiser to make this a matter of simple religion ah but this illustration does not conflict with the highest ideals of christianity it is but an illustration adapted to the mind of the child as were the scripture parables adapted to the comprehension of the simple galilean country folk to whom they were spoken By the wisest and greatest teacher of all the ages. Chapter twenty five.